Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Ginzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Hi, Nikki. Uh, how's your business? It's going great. Yeah. You know what's going on in the business? Uh, I, yeah, but I don't know what you're talking about specifically today. Uh, well, I know we're talking about business, but you know what's going on in my business right now? What? Group coaching. Yeah, that's very exciting. Yes. That's very exciting. Yeah. Well, we should. Just we're going to talk about that in a minute, there. but we got to do. Yeah. We got to do the whole rigmarole here. That's so true. we're going to talk about that. We're going to today's conversation. I think today was a suggestion. Was today a, a request, a special request, or was it a spinoff of a conversation we had? It was a spinoff uh, from our uh, lovely guest last week about yeah. entrepreneurship, and we happened to be. Uh, entrepreneurs, you and Re- I. Reco- recovering entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, why so you asked about my business. That's exactly why I asked about yeah. your business. Yeah, right. Uh, and so today we're, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about a lot of stuff. The, the premise of the show is building your day when you're the boss with ADHD. But uh, we've got some more to talk about than just that. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, before we dig in, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. You can get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list and we will send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest at Take Control ADHD. But to really connect with us, join us on the ADHD Discord community. It's super easy to jump into the general community chat channel. Just visit TakeControlADHD.com slash Discord and you will be whisked over to the general invitation page and log in. If you're looking for a little bit more, particularly if the show has ever touched you or helped you understand your relationship with ADHD in a new way, we invite you to support the show directly through Patreon. Patreon is listener-supported podcasting. With a few dollars a month, you can help guarantee that we continue to grow the show, add new features, record more podcasts, get more guests, and just generally invest more heavily in the community. Visit patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. Now, Nikki... Tell me about group coaching. Yes, we have a couple of groups going on uh, over at Take Control ADHD that I'm very excited about. And uh, enrollment is going to be closed here soon. So if you happen to be listening to this uh, episode live or in real time or within like the next week, please check out the website. Even if you're listening to this episode later, still check out the website for future group coaching opportunities because we can put you on the wait list and you'll learn about what those groups are um, as soon as we have them up and running. Uh, But the two that are going to be starting at the end of February, uh, the first one is the ADHD Book Club, which we are very excited about. This is something new that we're going to be trying. And uh, the first book that we are going to be covering is A Radical Guide with Women with ADHD uh, by Sari Solden and Michelle Frank. I've done this group before. It is fantastic. It's inspirational. Uh, the connection and the community that you get with the the group is is amazing, uh, and it's not just for women. Even though that the, the the book says it's for women with ADHD, we're opening it up to anyone who wants to learn more about radical acceptance, because that's really uh, a lot of what the book is about: is accepting your ADHD, understanding it, um, and uh, and and learning how to thrive in it. Uh, the second the the second group coaching that we're doing is the overwhelm group with ADHD. We've done this before too. And um, this is a fantastic group. It's six weeks. It's a little shorter than the other one. Um, but what we're doing as a community is we're talking about the different aspects of ADHD, how they uh, can become very overwhelming and what tools as a group do we have uh, to work through that. And so you actually end at the end of the group with a toolbox, a like literally a box full of ideas and strategies to get you through those times where you're feeling really overwhelmed. So please, I invite you to go check it out on the website, look at those groups, join us, be a part of our community. If it's too late, put your name on the waiting list because we will be doing more groups in the future. There you go. It's gonna be a big year, big year for groups. Yes. Big year. Yeah, we're excited about groups. Um, uh, okay, well, uh, that out of the way, I think we should get into our businesses. Yes, let's do it. 
Okay, Nikki Kinzer, we're talking about building your business as an entrepreneur living with ADHD. We have been doing this. When did when officially did you open the doors? Do you have a do you have a start date for take control? I guess it would have been take control organizing. Yeah, it would have been take take control organizing. I will tell you, um, my first client, my first real client as an organizer was in August of two thousand and eight. Okay. August 2008. That's actually funny. Mine was August 2006. August 1st, 2006. Mm-hmm. Uh, opened the doors as... I don't even... I've rebranded the company name so many times. I don't even know what it was then. But was it Rash Pixel then? Maybe it was just Damon Wright. Uh, I don't know. Who knows what it was? Pete Wright. I think it was Rash Pixel. I think it was before that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a yeah. long time. So yeah. we've been we've been doing this as, you know, uh, first solo, solopreneurs for a long time. And we have... Well, we I've never have... really been a solopreneur. You've always been there with me, Pete Wright. <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's You've fair. been there with me um, since day one. So and you're in has... this with me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. I'm I'm in it. That that is that's actually fair. And I guess to that point I, I was only really solo in any of the businesses for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but but managed to uh, but we managed to somehow keep things going and uh, we want to talk a little bit about some of the some of the ideologies that go into being an entrepreneur to starting a business to to being a business owner uh, and thinking about how you manage your time and your responsibilities, which are different when you are a business owner compared to when you have your own, um, to when you, you're going to report to somebody as an employee. Um, and so we've we got some things to talk about. Where where do you want to start? You know, I think that one of the biggest challenges, and, and we saw this in COVID when a lot of people went um, from the office to working from home, is that balance between when you're working and when you're doing personal, it's that whole scheduling thing. And especially, so when you're scheduling to work, and then how do you decide what to work on? Because when you're your own boss, the, the deadlines aren't necessarily real, right? They can be pushed. Mm -hmm. a lot of procrastination can happen. Um, So I would say that that maybe start here. Like, how do you just even balance a schedule? Yeah. Yeah. So, so talk about it. How do you balance a schedule? Do you, I mean, can you think back to how you did it when you were just starting out? Yes. It looks very, very different than it does now. And I guess that's something that I would I would say right away to people that are starting businesses, or even if you've been in your business for a long time, um, it's constantly changing depending on what's going on in your life, right? So when I first started, I was only, I was at home with my kids, my children, let's see, my daughter would have been like six, maybe five or six. Um, and my son would have been like eight. Is that right? 2008. No, she would have only been three because she yeah. was born in 2005. So she was only three. And then my son would have been six. So they were young. They were young kids. And and my husband was working full time at the time. So this was really a part time gig, right? This was just something that I got. I asked you to put up a website. So it was a very side hustle is what you would kind of consider it, consider mm-hmm. it to be. So there were a lot of weekends and evenings yeah, uh, kind of work. Yeah. Very sporadic. Like I remember working on a Saturday morning on getting my name, you know, licensed or whatever, or put into the Oregon name bank. I don't even remember all the stuff right, I did. Right. But so it was very sporadic. Now it's not so much. Now it's very intentional. So I would say that I went from something that was like all over the place to being very intentional. Yeah. Um, and going from a very part-time status to a full-time status. And then I think, right, right. I don't know, like if you were to add the number of hours that you actually work, do you think it's more than like you, you would do in a 40-hour work week at a company or do you think it's less? It's more, but it is um, under my control. And right. so it's not it's not as consistent as as you would be as you would have if you were coming. And that goes back to sort of my story. Like I made a conscious choice to do this as well. And and if you track it back, my I was working, I was a, a VP of PR at a big company and I spent a lot of time traveling. And my son, uh, child number two, was born April 2006. And I started my own business August 2006. 
Like it was, it was an, it became an easy, like four month choice to decide. I have a kid who is four years old and a new, and a newborn. And I, I need to make the conscious choice to sacrifice whatever growth potential I had working the day job for doing something that I love with the people near me that I love the most, right? My kids and my my wife. And I wanted to be more present knowing that there would be sacrifices there. And one of those sacrifices is frenetic, like whiplash scheduling, because mm-hmm. there would be days when I would work, you know, late into the night, but do that because then I would take the kids to the zoo and see the giraffes walking around the stroller for a few hours the following day. So it was... Uh, it, it, it was sort of manifested in radical swings and that were largely out of control, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't have any focus. I didn't have it. I was just like doing and making calls without any sort of strategy to it. And I happened to get very lucky that I had a lot of referral business, um, mm-hmm. you know, that that helped me to kind of start seeing income r- right away. Um, but But it was... I, I think the maybe the most generous word I could use to define those early years was haphazard. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, right, right. Uh, I, I really struggled with it. And it was only like aspirational when I discovered, um, you know, how time blocking could help me. And, and not just time blocking, but activity blocking within time, you know, uh, certain time constraints. When you have control over all 24 hours of your day, um, you know, you have control to decide what goes where. And when you screw up those, those you know, time-blocked schedules, um, at least you have rails to come back to when things go haywire. So that was, that was Im- important for me to, to learn. Absolutely. And I think that the difference too with, or what helps, how time-blocking can help is I don't have, and I never have had this issue, and I don't know what this says about myself, but so we'll see. But I, I have never had the issue of leaving like housework behind. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if I'm going to work, I'm going to work. I don't care about the dishes in the, you know, in the sink. Right. Like that doesn't pull me. And I know that for a lot of people it does. Like when they're working at home, they get pulled into other directions. I think it's harder if your kids are home for sure. But if your kids aren't home, like I can go straight to my office and not like the whole house could be a mess and I don't focus on that. I focus on work. And I know that's really hard for people. And so the time blocking can help in the sense of, okay, really having that definite separation of this is when I'm doing work time. And this is when I can focus on the home. Um, And so, you know, I live in a really dirty house. No, kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I work all the time and my house is really dirty. Uh, But one room is pristine. The office. Is like the so office nice. is always no. perfect. Uh, and that's not true. I don't work all the time. Um, I think I work, you know, asking or answering my question that I asked you. I'm pretty sure I'm working at least 40 hours, um, probably a little bit more. But again, it's under my control. And there are times where I don't put in 40 hours either, right? So mm-hmm. because we can do that. So there's times where we can take a day off or if I notice that I don't have a lot of clients on a particular day and I feel like I'm I'm really kind of done at three o'clock, I'll leave. Like I'm not, you know, I don't force myself to stay. Whereas in mm-hmm. an office and you're working for somebody, you have to stay. Yeah. Um, there's definitely those those pros to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think the the other piece about the well, I, so before we get off of time, I, one more thing that I was thinking about with regard to how I think about time is uh, in, you know, I love templates. Templates are a yes. lifesaver for me. I love templates. And I also, I, I find I think about my days in the form of templates too. Mm-hmm. Like based on the number of, say, podcasts I have to record or the number of meetings that I have or strategy or writing or whatever I have to do, I I often sort of apply a, a time block sort of template to that schedule, knowing that if I'm recording a lot, I'm going to give myself a break on the other things, the other responsibilities that I might normally do on a given day. Or if I'm just sitting, I don't have a lot of meetings, then what are the kinds of things that I'm going to do? Because I know 
that if I didn't sleep well the night before, if I have any sort of cognitive distress, then I'm not going to be functional doing the things that I normally would expect of myself. So I try to give myself breaks based on like time templates. And I, I say time templates as if I have that documented somewhere, or if I just text expander it and boom, all my meetings are set up. And I really don't. This is just a mental model for me that says, okay, I look at my calendar the night before. The next day, I have a certain number of things going on that define the sort of mental model I use to approach the day. So mm-hmm. every day can be different, right? Every day oh, can, be, can be totally fluid. But uh, understanding how I'm going to apply the time depends on on whatever sort of structural or cognitive or emotional state I happen to be in. Well, and the time blocking specifically is a is a kind of tentative schedule in itself, right? Because things can change, things can happen. But that doesn't mean that time blocking doesn't work. And so that's where I would say for people that, oh, I've tried it and it doesn't work for me. I really want to push back a little bit and say, you know, why, why isn't it working? And uh, really look at all of the, 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 uh, look at everything that's going on. What did you say you were going to do? Was that a hard task, an easy task? Did you know what you were going to do during the time block? Like, is it the right time? Did you manage your energy in a way that it makes sense that you would have gotten that done at that point? Like, let's not just assume it doesn't work. Let's dig in a little bit and figure out how to make it work because it can be a beautiful thing in how to structure your, your schedule. It can work and it can work really, really well. Yeah. You know, I, I, I guess in, in the, in the spirit of pushing back, I, I think I have a new response to that, which is great. If time blocking, if you are completely averse to time blocking, then what does work for you? And right. if you have yeah. a really good answer for that, awesome. Then great. I, I don't care. Keep doing but what you're you, doing. Yeah. If nothing works and you don't, uh, you you don't think time blocking works for you, then really you you probably haven't tried it. <laughs> Let's keep exploring <laughs> or, it, or right? you've like, tried keep exploring it, or, but it, it didn't. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways to make it work. So yeah, yeah you're. That's a very good point, though. Like, I, I'm not sitting here saying everybody should do it. If you have, if you're going through your day and it's working and you are very happy, then yeah, don't don't yeah. force something on yourself that that you yeah. don't need. Um, but if you see the value in it. And you see how it might help you get some things done that have been pushed into the next week and the next week and the next week, then, hey, let's explore this. Because all of those tasks that get pushed over, we need to identify why they're getting pushed over. And one of the the best strategies in getting them done is to intentionally plan for them and then tell somebody about it. So you've got the accountability and you've got the intentional time blocking. You're steps closer to getting some of the stuff done. Not everything on your list, but one thing. And are you ever going to wake up in the morning and look at the list of all your intentions and and just be able to like see it all and not start something? Yes, that's going to happen. You're going to see things on the list that you have time blocked and you're just going to look at it and you're not going to act. You're just going to look at it. And that happens. I do that all the time. I just look at it and I just, it's not even that I'm actively thinking, I can't start that. It's like I'm not actively thinking at all. It's just mm-hmm. looking. It's the act. And then the what do you do with that? Of looking. I just but, look until I'm interrupted. And, but then, like, <laughs> but then what do you do? When do you get it done? Like, do you move it over? Move it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. I move it around. And I love yeah. my, like, I love my system. I love having my tasks and my time all in one system. And I just drag the, the things around so I have a new time to intend yeah. to do that thing. And usually, usually now going into that sort of paralysis fugue state that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, once I go through that and realize I just lost a half hour, I just lost 40 minutes staring at my screen, not knowing what to do next. Usually that that is enough to to push me to be better about whatever comes next on the list. Well, and you know what I love what you're saying here, though, is you're giving yourself permission to move it but mm-hmm. you are moving it. And there's a lot of empowerment to that because I would rather, you know, if I was coaching you, I would say, Pete, that's a huge win because you acknowledged that you didn't want to do it. You gave permission and you rescheduled it to do it at a different time. So it's still a decision you've made versus, yeah. oh, I like, I didn't make that decision. The decision was sort of made for me. 
because mm-hmm. I just didn't even try to get it done. It's still just sitting on my list. So there's a very different, like, I want to empower people to make those decisions. Don't let them be made for you. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. 100%. I I think that's really important because there's so much uh, judgment, self-judgment that comes Mm -hmm. with that experience. Like you can go into this state of, you know, rejection, self-rejection. There I go again. Yeah, I saw. There I I go again. I'm terrible. I didn't do the thing I agreed with myself that I was going to do. So I guess it'll never get done. Right. And that's that's not, I don't want to get stuck in that place. I know what that place feels like. And and I don't want to. You chose not to do it today, but that's okay. You're going to to do it tomorrow. And you, you're going to keep with that attitude of you're going to get yeah. it done because that's, that's what gets it done. Well, and it, yeah. it goes to this, like this idea of, you know, when you are going to, when, when your intention is to start a new business, you hope uh, I, I, that that business is something that you love, that you are passionate oh, about. Oh, yes. Because if it's not. Into, yeah. Then it might not be the right thing to start your own business doing yeah. because it's, it's too hard to do this. Yes. If, if you don't love it. And hopefully that love and passion will give you enough sort of oomph to create some structure around how you how and when you're doing the work, like, for example, time blocking, uh, mm-hmm. having this clear schedule and, and a list of activities that you know you need to do, uh, you know, it, it creating a little bit of a routine that you can gate for yourself that says, you know, I know what I'm going to do for the business to, to move the business forward a little bit every day. It might not work every day, but at least it gives you enough sort of documented routine that when it doesn't work, tomorrow you'll have rails to to push you back into uh, back on track. That's the mm-hmm. most important thing. And that's the reason so many of, of these, you know, uh, when we talk about permission to move things around, that's exactly why we do this is so that you have structure and you don't forget, even if you're having trouble doing the things, you don't forget that the things have to be done. Because right. there are things that you have to do. You you talked about the big name the big name database. I don't remember what you called it, but the the you know the Oregon Registry of Businesses. Like you yeah. have to register your business. That's a thing you have to do. And once you do that, you get a tax ID number. Then you have to pay your taxes. Like there are things you simply have to do that come with repercussions if you don't do them. If your intention is to start a business, right. so. You have to do those things. Like there is, there is no like you. There is a deadline to them. There is a deadline. You can file extensions, but you know what? There's a deadline to extensions too. Like there are, there are lots of ways to do this, but there are things that the that Im- are implied by the act of starting a business that you have to do, and so you have to make sure that those are documented because if you don't, they are um, they will get dropped. So they they mm-hmm. need to be on some sort of a calendar system. They need to be ingrained and and as re- repeating tasks if they need to be in as repeating tasks. You know, paying your annual business registry dues, like those kinds of things. You can't forget those. You can't lose them in the mail. Like you have to have a system that allows you to put the important things first to keep the business alive and afloat and growing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What am I just? No, like, it's very true. Clouds? No, um, you need to do I, all now, this. There's definitely things that have to get done. For uh, Of course. Yeah. And, and, you know, it goes to the, like the next logical question is, goodness, what if I really, really can't do those things? Well, you can always delegate them even as a, a small business. Can, can you afford um, to hire a, a new accountant for an hour or two a week? Can you afford to hire a VA to keep track of some of the the important uh, mail and and uh, notices that your business that you have to do as a business owner, that is absolutely an option. Finances, notwithstanding, like you got to figure out how to pay people who do the work for you. But there are systems and services and people who can help you do those things. And delegation is a gold standard for new business owners. Once you can do that, find a way to do that. It will make the business run better and you will be happier. I think. Well, and I just want to add to that, especially for uh, coaches out there. And uh, because I think, you know, I get a lot of phone calls um, where people want to talk to me about my coaching business who are newer coaches. And, you know, I think that the most important thing that I will tell people is that you have to look at your at your coaching as a business. It's not just coaching. It's not just doing the one-on-one sessions, but it's there's right. a lot more to it. So there's a lot of business aspects that you have to look at. And, and one person, that's a lot 
to ask, you know, to ask of yourself, you know, plus to coach and to mm-hmm. build a business. And so delegation, I think is really important is to understand what you're good at and what are you not good at and what are the things that only you can do and what are the things that a- another person could do? Um, because if you can free up your time with a VA or an assistant, you know, who can do the back and forth with inquiries or to do some of the admin work or bookkeeping or whatever. And that frees you to to have more clients, then it's a win-win. But if you're trying to do all of this stuff, plus, you know, work with your, it's just a lot. It's a lot. You Mm got to delegate. What, what are you good at? What are you not good at? What can you, um, afford? And this is the thing too, is that I think that a lot of times when you're starting a business and I know I was like this too, you don't want to pay for the service like calendar, a calendar service, for example, you might think, oh, I'll just do my own scheduling. But once you pay the extra money per month to get a calendar schedule like Calendly or something like that, and you realize how much time it saves you not to go back and forth with the client, and they can just schedule an appointment with you, like Mm -hmm. that's worth it. Like, you know, you got to figure out what, what upgrades are worth it. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's expensive to be in a business. You have to spend money. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing I would look at too, is that if you're starting a business, expect that you're not going to probably make a profit for a while, uh, because you're going to have to pay out some of these other people to do these things for you. And it's why I, I talked to Pete, you, Pete, right? At the very beginning, because I knew I had an idea. I kind of knew what I wanted to do, but I have no idea how to do a website. Mm -hmm. I have no idea how to market myself or how to tell a story about why I'm doing what I'm doing. And, you know, thankfully, I knew you. (laughs) And I was able to say, hey, I think you do this. I don't know for sure, but I kind of think you might have something to do with like websites and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, that was funny. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's where, you know, our relationship, but that, you know, look for your Pete, right? Look for the person that can help you that knows more about technology than you do, because all businesses have a tech feature to it. Right. Well, and that's that's the important note about delegating. Like, at at no point here are we talking about hire somebody, bring somebody in to deliver the core service of your business to work directly with clients immediately out Mm -hmm. the gate. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about hire somebody who knows more than you do about a certain thing, or can take something off of your plate that is that is something that gets in the way for you, but is easy for them. Um, So I I think that's really important. And delegating is incredibly difficult. As so I mean, you delegate, I delegate, I I work with two other partners uh, on my side of the thing uh, of the business. And it is, it it is incredibly difficult to let go of certain tasks, tasks Mm -hmm. that you've done for a long time, and you feel like you have a way of doing it. Getting over the hump, while difficult, is is critical if you want to run a business that's growing, right? You have to, you have, you need extra hands. You will hit capacity. I have hit capacity so many times and just bang my head against that capacity ceiling because I wasn't willing to let go of certain things. I'm doing it right now, like right now. And I've been doing this business for what, 17 years? Like I am still learning those lessons and I can see a horizon in which, you know, getting out from under these certain tasks that are, clogging tasks for me is going to to allow us to to grow to n- into new areas but i haven't been able to do it yet so i'm not saying I, i'm not saying i know how to do it specifically but when i have done it it has been grand it has been absolutely terrific so i, I think just evaluate evaluate we're we're not saying Put yourself at risk by delegating to people that that know less and have less interest in the business than you do. We're saying right. find the people who want to serve a specific role and do that role well. And sometimes so. it's very short term, right? Yes. So it, it could be, uh, you know, just hiring somebody to do your website and then that's done. 
Um, you know, so it could be a short term thing too, that doesn't have to be like a monthly, monthly expense. But I think to your point too, that's really important to understand is your business, depending on what it is that you're doing, it does change over time. And I'm pretty sure that what you were doing in 2006 is very different than what you're doing right now in 2023. Absolutely. And I know, you know, you've been on my you've been on my journey with me, you know how much it's changed um, on my side as well. And so I think that, you know, being successful in your business is also opening it up to new ideas and opportunities and being willing to try things and being willing to fail and be willing to you know take on those risks at point at some point you know um but that's also how a business grows because you know what that one idea can grow into something that really works well for people yes. and it really is a great service and i would have to say in my own business that was gps when i had this little idea about this program and i had this group of beta people who were helping me you know with what they thought people would need and want and be able to listen to them and grow it, you know, that was from one little idea. And it's something I'm really, really proud of and uh, is transformative or transformative for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So, but I can tell you that prior to that, we had a lot of failed things too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, so you try and try and try and then you find something and it's like, okay, this, this is going to work. And, and you, and, and, you know, who knows, maybe in 10 years, I will have something different and GPS will be like <laughs> long gone. Yeah. I don't know, but I know that it's worth trying stuff. You got to try stuff and just see what, what works. Well, this Can I just to... say one more thing? I'm sorry. Sure. This now no, I'm sure. like on my own rant. Going back to what you believe in too, like, I think it's so important to have that passion because the reason I am so proud of GPS is because I believe in it. And I believe in it because it wasn't something that I formed by myself. It was something that I have formed with people in our community. They have been with me. You know, every person that has ever been in GPS, I've listened to and and you know what I mean? So it's like that passion. It's like, you've got to really believe in it. Yeah. And know it's going to make a difference. Well, it gets to my next point, which is prioritization. And we talk about prioritization a whole lot. But when we talk about prioritization, we usually are talking about sort of that individual, how are you going to prioritize the big blocks in your day? And when you're talking about, you know, managing a business, you've, you've got to talk at a, at a new level. You've got to sort of lift yourself up and talk about prioritizing the business, the, the, you know, what are the most important day-to-day tasks of the business and what are the most important strategic blocks of the business? What, are the, what is the core of your business and what can all you and only you do to drive that business forward? And that is just a muscle and it's a muscle that is unique to your experience with the business. Only you can write out all of the tasks that you need to do for the business. Only you know why, to your point, Nikki, why you wanted to start a new business and only you can define how that core element of the business that is yours and only yours is going to manifest in your day-to-day activity, in the relationships you have with clients, the way you write and speak about the business that you're doing. And, um, and, and so I, I think that is, I, I think that's a very challenging thing for, for business owners, especially new business owners. It certainly was for me. I would get mired in the day-to-day like minutia and, and took me way too long to think about the bigger stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What was your experience? This is so hard because this is one of those muscles that I think you work out every single day, whether you are a new business owner or you've been doing it for 15, you know, plus years. I, every day I have to prioritize. Every day mm-hmm. I have to look at my list and say, okay, what is the most important thing for me to work on right now? What is the most important thing that's going to impact others? Um, and really go through my, my kind of list of how I prioritize because 
it is a constant decision that you have to make every single day on how you're going to spend your time because you could spend it in so many different areas. Yeah. There, there's so many choices. And so you have to kind of decide, you know, what what is the most important. And it's not easy and especially not easy with ADHDers. And I would say that that's where you do want to have a partner or you want to have somebody that you can uh, talk to to help you with that because it's going to be difficult. And, um, you know, as a coach, I see this a lot with my own clients. And I had a, somebody reach out to me recently who said, you know, do you think um, you would be able to help me with my business? And I said, I, I know I could help you with how to schedule things in your business. I know how, you know, there's a lot of things I can do, but I don't know if I'm the right person for what you need. You need a business coach. You need somebody that's really going to sit down with you and help you prioritize and say, these are the things you need to get done. I'm not that person. I, mm-hmm. I know how to build my own business, but I'm not confident that I can build yours. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a really great differentiation. Yeah. 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 And so um, I, rec- I referred her to a, a, a business coach. And that is where we have to like, where do, you, where do you need support? And it's not just delegation of them doing stuff, but also where do you need support just to help you with prioritizing or talking mm-hmm. things out or brainstorming? Um, you know, we, there was a, a a conversation that we had in one of my groups where we were talking about uh, verbal processing and how important it is for an ADHD or to verbally process to somebody what they're thinking. So mm-hmm. if you're an entrepreneur and you are solo, I really recommend finding that person. Who is that partner in your life that you can talk to about your business, bounce ideas off, talk about prioritizing and help you through that? Because um, without that support, I really feel you're setting yourself up to just keep banging your head on the wall. And and we don't want to give up on something that could be your great idea, your great business that could really impact others. Let's not give up on that. Let's get support so you can really you know, blossom, have it bloom. Blossom. Yeah. I, don't I don't know what I'm trying to say, but you know. Well, I mean. no, I think you said you it. it. <laughs> I, I think the idea is like, uh, you know, and, and there's something to having somebody, uh, you know, surrounding yourself with people who aren't in your business or aren't in your field, right? I, I get like there is an instinct to join a mastermind or to have a business coach or somebody who knows your business inside and out. But sometimes you just need to say things out loud and you need somebody who's disconnected from your business who can just listen and say, mm-hmm, that's hard. Or somebody you can celebrate with and say, God, I, that sounds like a really great thing. Congratulations. Like can really crow about for you to keep you kind of moving forward. And so I, you know, I, I would, suggest you need all kinds of people who, who can support you in your business. Um, I also, you know, I'd written down, you know, we talk about mindfulness and self-care and, and you know, journaling. But I want to talk about journaling as a business owner. I use day one. I have a specific journal within day one, the app, that is just about, you know, sort of daily learnings running the business. What did I do? Who did I talk to? What clients did I get? What clients did I maybe lose or who moved on from me? Like, what are the challenges of running the business? And that was incredibly useful. And I I would go back to that and I would search that, um, you know, for things that were, you know, a struggle over time. And for the first five or seven years, I was I was pretty zealous about it. And, um, you know, I stopped needing it. But when starting out, it's incredibly useful for documenting the overall arc of your days and weeks and months and years running your own business and reflecting on accomplishments that you otherwise might forget. So well, it's not that's necessarily like, yeah, otherwise, it's not like, oh, I need a, a mindfulness journal. It's a, I, I have an action journal. I have something that defines yes. what I did. And it's it's a balance, right? It's not just all the negative and it's not just all the positive. It's a balance of of this is what I learned from this experience. But this is where I really succeeded. I got this yes. great email, you know, from someone or somebody, you know, I ended a session and I knew that that person had that aha moment. Like, you For know, sure. yeah, definitely recognizing what's going well and and uh, and good. Let's sure. let's talk just briefly about hustle culture, can we? Before we before we break yeah, up, yeah, yeah. Um, I 
so uh, you hear this a lot right now. It used, it, I think it was used, it, you know, it used to be sort of the side hustle. What's your side hustle? You've already dropped that term in this, in this conversation, right? It's so the side I hustle. Did, the thing I? you're yeah. doing while you were, while you're doing also other doing stuff. Else. Yeah. And I did that. <laughs> it's like, not the I, main when thing. I, it's not the main right. thing. Yeah. And, and in fact, I was, I, I tried twice before I actually started the business to actually start the business as a side hustle and work on it nights and weekends. And you know what? It's didn't hard. Work any of that. Like it didn't work at all. And it was partially because I couldn't get any clients to to take me seriously when they knew even in any uh, just straight communication, they knew that I was working on their business as a side project, that yes. I was only answering email when they were asleep. And that is not a great way to gain commitment and long-term relationship with new clients. So it just didn't work. I also you know, I, I set my rates at like introductory rates, you know, mm-hmm. way too low. And nobody bought my services at those rates. Like it was only when I set my rates at competitive market kind of rates that people took me seriously. Yeah. And uh, so I had to quit my job and, and get out of the side hustle business and get mm-hmm. into the hustle business. Like just <laughs> now getting I'm hustling. into the yeah. business. But you know, hustle, the hustle culture has taken on a, a kind of, uh, I think, a real negative tone. And I, I worry yeah. about it specifically with ADHD, because I think it's a shame based culture, right? I think the, so too. the whole thing of hustle culture is uh, that it, it, you know, the idea is it values hard work and grind over leisure and relaxation, right? Yes. It's, it, that's the, it's, it's really an either or, that work and constant tireless work is the measure of success and that there is this direct correlation between the amount of effort you put in and the rewards you reap. Like, I'm a hustler, I have a nice car. Like, I'm a hustler, I bought a new house. Like, that's the, the kind of thing. It is really pervasive in startup culture. And I think it's a really easy trap for people who own their own businesses because of fear and uncertainty and doubt and RSD, uh, that harder and harder work and longer and longer hours um, are somehow the cure for the negative feelings and the fear that we're experiencing when we're starting a new business. And that's not, I I believe that that's not true. I think Mm -hmm. that feeding fear with longer hours just perpetuates the fear for if you try to get control of your life, if you try to pull back on those hours. And that equation is unsustainable. It is unsustainable. So um, I, I think it's useful in phases, like when you're going after a big client, when you're doing a, a big project if you have and a you're launch, really proud of, if you have a yeah. launch, yeah, hustle yeah. through it, like work hard. I'm not against hard work, but right. there is this, this pervasive sort of ecology of hustle that I think is dangerous and terrifying. And, and it's not good for mental health. That, it really isn't. Mistake. And and the guilt and the shame, I have to say, I, I really want to highlight because I see that so often with uh, clients is, you know, feeling guilty on the weekend because they're not doing enough. Um, where weekends, you know, whatever your weekend is, whether it's a Saturday and Sunday mm-hmm. or a Monday and Wednesday, you know, whatever your job is. But those days off are supposed to be days off. But yet we have this feeling that we have to do, 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 do. And every hour of the day has to be filled with some kind of productivity. I also see a lot where clients feel like they need to bring work home because they don't feel like they did enough during the day. I see that all the time. The truth is some things just take longer for you to do. And but that doesn't mean that you have to bring it into your home life. You know, it means that you tell your boss, if you can, if you have the liberty to do this, and especially if you're an entrepreneur, you are the boss, you get to say, I need to extend this, I'm not going to get to it to, you know, I I can't give this to you tomorrow, but I can give it to you on uh, next week or whatever, give yourself that buffer time, especially as an entrepreneur, because you get to decide, you know, what you're giving out and what makes sense to give out, especially if you're working with a client, like, right. Don't push yourself into a a commitment that you know that you can't keep or that you don't want, you can't keep, like it's just not going to happen, but you're trying to please that person. So you say something. So we want to pause, right? Mm -hmm. We want to really pause and say and think about how we we are using our time and and how long things take. Um, But it is okay to have time off. It is okay to not have every hour scheduled. If your energy 
you know, we talk so much about time management, but sometimes it's just really energy management. Mm -hmm. If you have a lump during the afternoon and you really just need to go take a nap, take a nap. Mm -hmm. And if you get that second wind, again, we're talking about entrepreneurs and you can work a little bit later and sleep in a little bit, then do that. It doesn't have to be this normal eight to five job that maybe you've done in the past. That's the pro. That's the pro of owning yeah. your own business. If yeah. your hours are from one o'clock in the afternoon until, you know, nine o'clock at night, great. Let them be that. Oh, have, uh, that is one of the great joys of, of running your own business is the flexibility of calling your hours the way you want them to be. Right. Right? right. Like that is that is a great joy. It doesn't mean you're working less, but it does mean you're not working the same. Right. And that's OK. Yeah. Uh, and I absolutely know what it's like to be to work on a project until late into the night just because I'm in hyper focus mode and I can't turn it off. Mm -hmm. But when the project's over there, there is uh, there is downtime. There's got to be mm -hmm. there's got to be some downtime. So I think there's a I, I think there is just there's a constant sort of cultural swing around, you know, what is what is the the sort of popular gestalt around work. And yeah. uh, right now, I think post pandemic people, there's a lot of energy around work and starting new businesses and getting out of the traditional eight to five. And and um, I, I just you know, you get to set your own work culture. And if your interest is in growing your business with people who are like minded and uh, and want to join a healthy culture, it starts with you when you're a solopreneur, mm -hmm. when you are alone. Mm -hmm. You set the culture and the tone for the second person who comes to work for you. And I cannot underscore how important it is that you're in alignment and that your culture is in alignment with the kind of people you want to attract. Um, so. so I have to say something real quick on as we are wrapping up this last weekend. Um, and I thought, and this is directly to you, Pete, there was a um, a mistake that we had in our podcast. So there was a um, podcast, the one that I did with my daughter and Dr. Mm -hmm. Oliveria. And um, for some reason, the last like 10 minutes cut off. Like, it was it the you and me part, there. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just not there. And um and I had sent you a, 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 a message on Discord and I told my husband, I said, I know he's not going to see this because he sets boundaries and that's okay. <laughs> but I want to actually just write it out so I know Except. that it's meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but I did. I actually yeah. said that. I'm like, I know he's not going to see this today. And that's okay because he sets boundaries. Like I get it. This is like on the weekend. It's not, you know, it can wait. It's not a it's not a huge thing. Um, but I do think there's something about that is, you know, I wrote it to you over the weekend, but I wasn't expecting you to necessarily answer. You did the next right. day and I appreciate it. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was like right away the next day. Like the next morning, yeah. it was like Sunday morning, right and early. I fixed it because podcast errors, that's core to my business. And I fixed those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that was an, an easy one to wipe out that corruption and replace it with a new file. But that's another point. Like, because my schedule is flexible, I no longer really feel guilty about not uh, about picking up the computer and doing a few hours of work on the weekend, because in all likelihood, I cut out of work early to drive carpool on Wednesday. Right, and so right. the hours even out over the course of totally. seven days, and it's not like I'm not taking a healthy downtime, but sometimes I am on the weekend and I'm, yeah. I'm working and I'm putting stuff together. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's important. But, but, you know, to your point, having an expectation that it's okay to document stuff and and know that it's okay that they're not going to get back to you right away yeah. because they set boundaries is mm -hmm. also important to not have a constant expectation that well it's and that's right away. so true as an entrepreneur because you have access to your email so when i used to work at the credit union i didn't have access to my work email until i was at work right, right. so i would come in on monday morning and i would see anything that came over through the weekend now i can see it at any given time so i do have to catch myself and and this is for all entrepreneurs out there i do have to catch myself and say, okay, do I want to answer this right now? Would I, is it as important as like what Pete is saying, this is part of my business and I really do need to, to take care of it? Or could I really wait until Monday when I'm really working? And yeah. I do ask myself that a lot. And there's a lot of emails I don't get back to because I know yeah. that if I was in an office, I wouldn't get back to them until Monday. So, right. you know, you kind of do set, you do have to set those boundaries 
and question it before you just, you know, respond. For sure. For sure. Same thing um, with the laptop. I thought getting a laptop, I'm sorry, I could keep talking about this, but I thought yeah. getting a laptop would be a great idea. And it is a great idea because I can go work outside and work out in other places. Mm-hmm. But I've also noticed I work a little bit more than I used to when I'm not in my, like, cause I can take it out of my office. So I have to be careful. Like, yeah. where, what am I doing? So anyway, yeah. there you go. Well, I, this, this stuff is really important. And I think setting the ex- expectation of, of, you know, for yourself defines the, the expectation for the business. And you don't have to worry about that when you join another company, the culture's already set, right? The culture around work and habits and organization and the tools you use, it's already set. But don't forget that that responsibility is on your shoulders. And that's one that you don't have day to day doing other stuff. So set the culture that you want to live in. And I I think that's really important. Um, So that's that. Thank you, Nikki. I had fun talking about reliving our our (laughs) business experience. We've been doing it a long time and it's you sort of forget because days just sort of add to other days. Mm -hmm. But you forget we've been doing this a long time by like as starting businesses ourselves. We have. And I just have another idea. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I know I will stop talking eventually. I promise. Okay. My daughter asked me and my husband the other day, how would you rate your day? I don't know where this came from. It was out of nowhere. But all of a sudden she just says, mom, how would you rate your day? And I had a pretty good day. So I was like, I'd rate it an eight. And she's like, oh, good. That's really good. Why was it an eight? And I kind of tell her why. But her asking that question was really interesting to me Mm -hmm. because now I almost want to rate my days. Every day I want to rate my day because I I want to know what makes an eight compared to like a five. Oh, and we're going to continue talking about this. I, you're absolutely right. This is a okay. great question. Yeah, for okay. sure. And in fact, we're going to continue talking about it in the after show, which only our members okay. get to listen to. Uh, so become a member, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. You'll get notified of the live streams. You can watch along with us uh, live. You can chat with us in the uh, Discord chat room for the, the Show Talk channel. There's a thread for each live stream. Join us because we're going to keep talking about this I in know, just I'm, a second. Yes, I'm interested in hearing what you have to say. Uh, <laughs> so uh, thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to the show. We appreciate your time and your attention. Don't forget, if you have something to contribute to this conversation, we're going to be in that Show Talk channel and the Discord server, and you can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level or better. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Mm-hmm.